Mr. Pop. We're back to your sex room again, aren't we? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi, welcome to Rock and Roll. We may have to reboot at any time, so if you lose audio from this podcast, well, there's clearly something wrong with you because it's a podcast. Uh, hello, my name's Kevin Hillier. Welcome to the program. Um, I, I'm on my own tonight in, in, in a certain way. We'll get to that in a tick. Uh, welcome to Mark Fine. Busiest week of the year for Fine. Yeah, very busy, very busy, very exciting. Lots to do, lots, to, uh, lots, to, lots of good food to get to good people. Yeah, all organised, so we're on top of things, I think. Very, Very good. good. Very good. Aren't you, haven't you become the little Mr Organised of the world? Well, you have to be because I tell you what, I reckon you could say to somebody, your life-saving operation has been put back a week and then accept it, but you <laughs> tell somebody... Their food's not ready for dinner, and they absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fair enough too. I understand what? that. We're going to die, and we've got to eat. Yes, uh, it's like when uh, you know one public holiday. Uh, don't go near a supermarket this Thursday because of Easter, because there'll just be people everywhere. Because apparently yeah. they're going to close the supermarkets for a certain amount of time, and, and people won't have any food. But anyway, yeah. and yeah. and yeah. Brian Mannix has um has been surreptitiously sent to his own room. Um, because the the invaders in his house have taken over and it's way too noisy. Uh, and now he's sitting in the dark and I can't see him at all. Well, there's all these cackling birds in my house. And, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's going to annoy the shit out of everybody. That's better if you turn the light on. I, don't, I, 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 I can't do the podcast sitting here for an hour and whatever with you, with me not being able to say you see you at all and you sitting in the dark because I'm just... There's the Beatles. There There they are. There you go. There's the Beatles. Um, Yeah, and Kev, you said, you know, we might have to reboot. I think you've got it all wrong. We've got to be root. No, no. That's what we've got to do. No, we're not doing any of that. I loved what Finey said and I had something funny to say about it, but... I can't remember what it was, so there you go, and here I am, and I'm sorry already. <laughs> oh, God, hasn't taken long into this podcast. How's your week been, Mr Fine? Yeah, well, very good. Always a pleasure to beat you-know-who. How's your week been, Brian? <laughs> hey. Well. Get it into you, Brian. Um, well, you know, um, yeah, uh, the first quarter was an absolute disaster for the Bombers. And, but, you know, they did get back there, but the, the first quarter killed them. Um, I, I said last week I picked the Bombers out of loyalty, and, but I said my instincts told me that the Saints would win it. And, um, you know, congratulations to the Saints. So, but I still thought the Bombers did some parts of the game that were pretty good. Um but I've only seen the highlights because I was singing and rocking out at the Club Italia in sunshine. So, anyway, you know, I'm not going to start screaming to sack the coach yet. <laughs> oh, good on you. Hey, geez, that's a major breakthrough. Well, what I reckon I started screaming to sack uh, Ben Rutten after about three weeks. I'm surprised to remember his name. Oh, you, oh, know, you did reckon... use it often enough. 
Well, I didn't use the TR part of the mm. truck mm. name. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Matthew Knights, I wanted him gone before he even started. So there you go. A recap of the footy tips to kick the show off. Uh, mm. And we have a new leader, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a first. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's a Thank first. Thank you, Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you, North Melbourne. The one we all got wrong. Yep. Yeah. Good. God. Yeah, I, would have, I, I would have changed that if I knew Davis Uniaki was out, along with Simkin. No, I must admit, I when I saw he was out, I thought, oh, that's that's going to be shaky now. Uh, yes. I would have changed. Kev, Kev, I would have changed it too if I knew the result. <laughs> well, yeah. you finished up, Brian. You got five for the weekend. Which was mm-hmm. which was the top score? Finally, and I each got four. Mm. Oh, you're guilty. Yeah, so you've, yeah. you've okay. got you've you've, uh, you've got one ahead of Finally. Now you're on seventeen and a half. Finally's on sixteen and a half, and I'm on ten and a half. I can't <laughs> shut up, Mannix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seven up on you already. Yes. Wow. Yes. Just give me the trophy now. <laughs> and who would have thought St Kilda on top of the ladder? And Geelong, yeah, St. Gilda, and Geelong are on the bottom. St Kilda are on the top, Geelong are on the bottom, and Brian Mannix is leading the tipping. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> what fucking year is it? <laughs> stop the world, I want to get off. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony Newley. I'm with you on that one. Goodness me. We'll get to the tips later on the uh, 17 and a half. I don't reckon you had 17 and a half after about round eight last year or round nine. <laughs> I mean- I reckon you're probably right, actually. Yeah, I was getting about, about two around. One and two yeah. and three, you know, every round. Yeah. So. Goodness me. Yeah. yeah. So it's a year of up. Hang on. You've, you've it's ca- obviously. Yeah. It's been the Gold Coast Sun flag. Now, the Gold oh, Coast. Sorry. The I'm Gold wondering. Co- I'll go outside and do it. Stay in the same spot. The um, the chart, I want to mention the chart and I want to read the top 10 early because it's a very hard chart to read. Um, here it is. It's from uh, December 17, 1989. Um, beautifully uh, described to me today by Brian Mannix when he said, it wasn't the 90s, but you could see them coming. <laughs> and, you, and you could. Uh, it is shit. It's some very ordinary, Ter- terrible chart. Very ordinary songs in this chart, I have to say. Number ten is "Listen to Your Heart" by Roxette, which I swear to you, I have heard five times in the last week. God knows why. Number nine, "Every Little Step" by Bobby Brown. Number eight, "Leave a Light on" Belinda Carlisle. Number seven, "Poison" Alice Cooper. Number six, "Swing the Mood" by Jive Bunny and the Masturbators. Number five, "I Feel the Earth Move" by Martika. Number four, That's What I Like by Jive Bunny and the Masturbators. Number three, Love Shack by the B-52s. Number two, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. And number one, If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. Uh, Get the gaffer tape out for Cher's outfit. Well, memorable more for the song, memorable more for the clip than the song. Was that when she sat on the cannon? That's the one. Like it was a huge cock. Oh, thanks for pointing out the obvious. Yeah, Brian. yeah, yeah. Never would have worked that. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, I, th- I thought it was a horse. I thought it was a horse thing. Hang on, this is this is radio. It's not TV. You've got to explain stuff to the listeners. Right. 
Right. Is that right, is it? Okay. Well, it's just the best I can come up with. Right, eh? Uh, now, apart from uh, the, the games we've talked about, let's uh, let's talk about the footy a bit. Finally, this descent, I want to ask you what your thoughts are. Being an umpire and being someone who's obviously been abused on the ground by players, I would have thought at, 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 at some stage. Absolutely. Brian, I mean, you know what? Quieten those girls down, Brian, or I'll mute you. You know what? You know I'm what just doing it now. You know what I couldn't believe when I umpired? The constant, almost commentary by players. You know, they're holding the ball. You know, the players that were constantly, you know, calling the game and asking for freeze constantly. Yeah. But um, what I've got a very what, strong opinion on this one. Well, I was going to say, what constitutes dissent for you? Canelio is the is the one that's triggered this, but this has been going on now for twelve months, and it's it, it's not doing the game any favors. No, look, I think from an umpire's perspective, it's a really good idea to control the amount of dissent. I mean, at local level, the worst. I mean, it came a bit from the crowd, but not a lot. But the worst was the. The, the yelling and howling from the coaches' benches, which I hated, because often they were wrong. I mean, that most of the times they were wrong. It's just very unprofessional. So I think it's a really good idea to clamp down on dissent. But um, I also think that the umpires are not doing themselves any favours by being too precious. So I, I would I would say. Definitely have a low level of tolerance, but not no tolerance. Zero tolerance is ridiculous because, you see, we've got to a point now where some umpires are putting up with stuff and others aren't, and you need you need much more consistency. It needs to be consistent, so I think it needs to be demonstrative. You know, I, it does not work for me, honestly, if, if you've just got, you know, a shrugging of the shoulders or putting out your hands. That being said, Cornelio deserved to be free kicked for stupidity. <laughs> so, Fair enough. <laughs> so, so I understand a player getting upset if if there's a free kick that they think is unwarranted, fifteen meters out from goal, thirty meters out from goal, when the opposition any time the opposition gets the ball, it could be frustrating if you're sure it's not a free. But he complained when his own team had the ball. They were about to kick it in. Why complain when you've got the ball? Just run to position, you idiot. Why is he interacting with the umpire when, he's, when his team in the dying stages of the game need to get the ball up the other end of ground and get a goal and win the game? What's he interacting with the umpire for? Get on with it, mate. You've had, your team had the ball. It was a point. And actually, a point is a very good result. You know, in the modern game, you give the full back the ball. It's it Basically, it's a free kick on the centre wing. Almost. So, get your get your act together. You were captain last year, Canilio. You shouldn't be talking to the umpires at all. You should have been running to position. Yep. Um, is it in in what you've seen of, of of the way the footy's played out this year and and since this rules come in? Is it the younger part of the umpiring brigade who are more likely to play the contentious free kicks in this? Yeah, I would have thought so. But the thing is that I hope it doesn't become justified by all the umpires going over the top. 
Yeah. You know, look, there is a there is a um, blueprint where the AFL in the early rounds clamp down on a few things and then ease off. Now, the AFL will say, that's because the players have adjusted, but we all know that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, they've done it with move with standing on the mark. Remember how that was police like the Gestapo? Yes. Yes, it was. If you if your eyebrow moved, yes, right, oh, you're off. Here we go. Free kick. Yeah, yeah. So we know that that doesn't happen anymore. Nobody can tell me. Don't tell me. Yeah, of course the players have adjusted. We know that. But don't tell me the umpires haven't become more reasonable as well. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think we just have to wait for it to cool off a bit. I hope the I hope I hope before it cools off, it doesn't heat up because it will cool off. Now, Manix, you're in grave danger of uh, being uh, brought up uh, on the descent rule. Well, before <laughs> we get to that, because I haven't, I've been muted or something. I don't know. I was using my daughter's um, headphones thing, and it just it all. F- up, you know, as shit does. <laughs> um, but I was listening to Finey and the talking about the descent to the umpires, and uh, I can, you know, I can only come to one conclusion that uh, Finey has worked for the Chinese Communist Party and is a communist. <laughs> he's clearly against freedom of speech. Oh. You know, if if I can't go to the football and yell out, "You're a dickhead!" Well, you can what's do that. The point in what's the point in living? No, you can do that. Well, that's normally what happens to me. So you know. Yeah, no, hey. you can you can do that if you want. You're you're what? quite quite. Uh, if people no. if people around you call you out and they they're not happy with that behaviour, then that's that's their thing. But you you no. can still go to the footy and do that. No, no. Fine, do you want to point. At the end of the day. Whether you like it or not, somebody's got to make the decision as to what it is. A bit like parents, you know, they might not always be right, but you're going to go, well, that's the end of this argument. This is what we're doing, you know, and I think that's kind of good. Yeah. Um, Do you want to hear a couple of interactions I had with Essendon supporters <laughs> on Saturday night? I'd love to hear about that. Why <laughs> that? It would be beautiful. I'm, I'm not sure the censors of this program and poor old Steve who beeps this program is going to enjoy them, but go on. No, no, no. no it's oh, okay. So I, I went with my mate Andrew, beautiful seats, and his gorgeous daughter and her friend. And the two girls really, they're very quiet at the football, you know. I think they've grown up in the modern era, not, no yelling and shouting. Yeah. And there was this recommend support in front of us, this woman with, with her friends or whatever. And she was from the old school and she's yelling and, you know, giving it the old F word. And that didn't bother me. Andrew's daughter had a, one of those Mount Franklin bottles of water, you know, just a plastic bottle. Yeah. I guess as the game got close in the last quarter, she was squeezing it, you know, makes that crinkling noise. Yep. And the woman turns around really angrily and says, stop doing that. That's really annoying me. Stop it. And I went forward and I said, is that upsetting you? And she goes, yes, it is. And I said, you've got a lot more to be upset about than a fucking water bottle. <laughs> and she goes, you know, at that point the scores were level, you know. And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, one word. She goes, what? I said, Wiedemann. And she looks at me and she goes, you're right. <laughs> ah. Oh, very good. And then, and then the bloke in front of me at the same time 
he sort of cottons on to it, and he's an Essendon supporter. And he turns around and he goes, you know what St Kilda's famous for, mate? Choking. And I said, I think we all know what Essendon's famous for. Uh-oh. And he's looking at me. He's looking at me. I said, come on, what's Essendon famous for? And he goes, shut up, mate. I'm not talking to you. I said, yes, you are. You're talking to me. I said, I'm not, I'm not stopping until you tell me what Essendon's famous for. He goes, all right, mate. Good to see some some things don't change in the stands in the football. Even though I'm an excellent supporter, I can still respect that. I think it's yeah. a great answer for me. <laughs> yeah, put it back on the Essendon supporter. I love that. And it's just great. I mean, he gave me something in. You know what St Kilda's famous for? I said, yeah. And you know what Essendon's famous for? <laughs> hey, um, the uh, the okay. song the song before the game. Did you um did you see that funny? Yeah, the, the version. Oh, of that. It was great. It was so good. Now that was it was um was it uh, Ella Hopper from um Killing Heidi? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ella Hooper, perhaps, Kev. Sorry, Ella Hooper. Um. Thank you, Brian. And you reckon she's a hopper? <laughs> I don't think you should be casting aspersions about this girl's love life. Ella Hooper on the, from, on the show. From thing. And uh, Dan, Dan Salter? She's a bit of a hopper. No, it was, it was Ella Hooper from Killing Heidi. Yes. And after and after her, it was Dan Butler from Killing Andrew McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice, Ronnie. Um, uh, just, uh, just a quick reminder: who's leading the footy tipping, Fanny? Uh, just while, while we're at it. Well, yeah, you, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, both, not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying you're no good. I'm just saying your team is. Yeah, you both tipped Essendon. We'll get... Oh, I tipped, I tipped Essendon because you were using your St Kilda pessimistic. Yeah. Um, uh, sort yeah, of it psychology, really well. and it worked. It's worked. It's worked beautifully for three rounds. So, so yeah. will you be not backing them again this week? I'll be tipping the Gold Coast. No problem. <laughs> oh, the Gold Coast. Oh, okay. Oh, got some interesting. <clears throat> pardon me. Some very interesting games coming up uh, this weekend again. Um, yeah, let's just say St Kilda, with all of our injury list. Um. Well. What's what's the worst thing? What's what's the greatest fear for a director of a porno movie? What's the worst thing a, a porno movie director can say? Uh, um, <laughs> well, get it up. No, because we're we're saying it at the moment. You've run. We out don't of... have wood. You don't have wood. No Mason Wood. No St Kilda. Well, on the top of the, on top of the other thirteen players, and he's been he has been so good this year. He was clearly best on ground. I'm really wrapped that he's doing well there because gee, he struggled yeah. at North. He oh, um, he he had and and he when he first went to North because uh, that was when Werribee had the affiliation with North, so we saw a lot of the yep. young North boys come through. He had such pressure on him to be a star player. North des- so desperately wanted him to be to yep. live up to every single bit of his potential and the poor bugger, his body just absolutely wouldn't couldn't and and wouldn't and didn't. Yep. And yep. I'm I'm really pleased to see him do it because he's a really, really nice young man. And what a good footballer he is. He's got a great pair of hands and he's hard. 
No, so it's not, he's, 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 so he's a wanker. He's got a great <laughs> pair of hands and his heart. Yeah, so he's there, down, wherever he plays, having a toss off. Yeah. So, well, ah, what a joke. Well, at the moment he can because he's uh, <laughs> he's certainly enjoying probably his footy the best more more so than he probably has done for a very yeah. very very long time. You don't think you don't think Ethendon embarrassed him last week? Clearly, I didn't yeah. see the game, uh, but but um, no, I think yesterday made him look silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just the first thing that popped into my head, and okay. uh, so that's it. there it is. Uh, yeah, well, now, Brian, you on ground. Brian, have you caught up with uh, any of the celebrity jungle? Who's in the jungle and who isn't? No, I haven't seen any of the jungle. I've been unfortunately having to watch Mass, and uh, oh, well, there's one of them that. in there. Do you know Domenica? Do you know? I don't think I do. I don't oh. think I'd like to go out with any of those girls. Well, Dominica from MAFS is uh, is one of the get. Dicko's on it. Oh, Dicko's not a bad bloke, actually. Dicko, Dicko's uh, actually been quite entertaining. Adam yeah. Cooney, Adam Cooney's the Brownlow medalist. Mm, really? Mm. Okay. No, he just don't make him have to turn left because his knees rooted. He can only go straight. So okay. Yep. Uh, Deborah Lawrence, the actress from uh, Home and Away, and uh, um, a few other bits and pieces. But she no idea who she is. Oh, she's really good actually. She was Pippa in Home and Away for ages. We had her on. Uh, oh, Pippa. Yeah. Okay. We had her on the Food Bites. Uh, um, she had the really bad haircut, like a beetle haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, but she was terrific. On she was a, she's a really good person. Yeah, she was good. She was good. Okay. Kerry yeah. Ann Kennelly's in the jungle. Oh, Kerry Ann's great. Pack will be great, and uh, and I don't know who else. There's a few others, but I don't know the others, so I haven't got a. When I did um, dancing with Kerry Ann, my God, that woman! She had such stamina. Um, We'd be out at Love Machine after the Sunday thing and we'd be there. And it's like five in the morning and Kerry Ann's going, come, Brian, let's go and dance again. And I go, no, no, babe, I'm, I'm rooted. I'm, I'm going to start dancing at 10. I'm, I'm going home. Oh, okay, see ya. And she just went and went and went. God bless her. Yep. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. a ripper girl. Yeah, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. All yeah, right. Uh, and the other big event of the weekend was uh, was the Grand Prix. Now, Finey, you live closer to the Grand Prix than either Brian or myself do. Brian lives on the on the uh, outskirts of the Gold Coast Grand Prix, um, mm-hmm. and I live on the outskirts of the Hoppers Crossing Grand Prix, which goes down my street at about two o'clock every friggin' morning. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what, what was the impact on the uh, on the, the area around you for the Australian Grand Prix? No impact, no. Occasionally I heard the loud cars. Just, it's an absolute blank for me, the Grand Prix. Not not, uh, not motor racing, not a sport that you like, or just the Grand Prix? You can cut that sentence short. Cut it in half. Motor racing, not a sport. Oh, okay. Oh. I I'd, I'd, I'd would say this, though. Ooh. I'm extremely envious of Daniel Riccardi. Why would that be? Getting paid twenty million dollars not to drive for Red Bull. I'll do. <laughs> I'll do it for five million. Now you've been in the Celebrity Grand Prix, Mister Mannix. You've rubbed yes, shoulders I'm, with those people. I'm getting fifteen million this year uh, not to uh, drive in the said Grand Prix, and um, 
and most of the money's going in my body corporate fees. So that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, so the circus has come to town again. They, they had all sorts of dramas at the end. They had red flags and all sorts of things. I don't understand any of that. I can't say motor racing is a sport that I. Uh, he's up. He's up with the red flags. That's well. You know, there's women. There's women. Let's do this. Come I'll on. red flag you and a red sure. card you in a minute, Manning. <laughs> um, red flag. Hey, and West Sorry, Ham won. West Ham won. Finally, what happened there? Oh. Well, we were second bottom. Now we're fourteenth. It's pretty tight down there, but there it is. Well, as I showed you before the show, I got a West Ham tattoo, but I got that before the game. So well, let me tell you, when you're second bottom and you're at home to the only team beneath you on the table, <laughs> a nail-biting one-nil victory doesn't convince me that we're out of the out of the woods just yet. Yeah, the uh, the the it is tight down the bottom. There's there's I think four points between being actually bottom and being, as you say, thirteenth or fourteenth. Brian, any comments on being tight down the bottom? Well, Bournemouth are out of the uh, relegation <laughs> zone, I believe, at the moment. And um, they beat, I don't know who they beat, Newcastle a third. I don't know where. Where's Liverpool? Liverpool currently are sitting in eighth. Yeah, seventh or eighth. Yeah. Well, that's just not get good enough, you know. We're going to have to try a little bit harder. Yes, and uh, and Tottenham yes, dropped out of the top four, which I wasn't happy yeah. about. They just got a new coach, didn't they? Yes, they sacked the bloke that Conti was there because he, he told them that their culture wasn't any good and they hadn't won anything in 20 years. Brian, Brian. Don't be calling him that. He's Antonio. Uh, two, more, two more managers got sacked overnight. Oh, really? Who was it? Uh, uh, Potter? Yep. He got, yeah, he got the sass. Kelsey. Um, and, and Lester. Oh, they Lester. got thrashed, didn't they? They like got 4-1 or something. They got flogged. Lester's coach. Oh, what's his name? Brendan Rogers. Yes. Yeah, not only did he get sacked, he got teabagged. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just trying to make up for last week's show where we hardly said anything disgusting. Yeah, you know, come on. Actually, last week's show, last week's show was uh, almost, uh, it could have been played at the CWA meeting you know, at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning. Ladies, would have now, been got, got, now before we do move on, because mm. I'm sure we've got the death and death Eliza and yes, we have other mm. important matters. I had a lovely couple come into the shop on Sunday. Oh, okay. And unfortunately, you know, because I was making them a beautiful bagel, but Sundays are very busy, and you know, the shop was just really packed with people, and I couldn't talk to them, and I had to get somebody else to finish serving them. Um, but I think their name's Gary and Liz. Yeah. And Gary Gary is the bloke that went up to Brian apparently on the Gold Coast and said, you have a lovely voice. <laughs> ah. And then I asked him if he could give me some ukulele lessons. <laughs> and they, yeah, so they met you when they were on the Gold Coast and they met Lucky Phil. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you were playing, you were at some club. You were playing, you were just there. Drinking. Yep. Yep. With the hookers. Um, yep. with, with the strippers. The hookers. Yeah, you know, you gotta write the first time. Um, <laughs> and um Yeah, they, they came all the way from Caroline Springs to oh, wow. North Cork. Good on and, and the, did that and did I treat them did I treat them well, Finding? 
They thought you were great. They love Lucky Phil. Oh. Uh, he always outshines me, prick. Um, <laughs> but, and the other thing is today, I, I have, n- I never, I, I could have been driving. I could have been driving in, in Ulaanbaatar, the capital of Mongolia, for for the part of Melbourne I was in today. I knew, I had no idea where I was. Uh-huh. I had to go to Werribee South. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Werribee South well. Yeah, uh, the most ridiculous name for a road in Australia. K Road. Correct. K Avenue. Wine. Yep. Oh, do you want? Do you want wine? Yeah, I wouldn't mind a wine. No, I wouldn't mind a wine. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just, sorry. <laughs> I'm muting you again, Mannix. I yeah. could go and pick up sixty dozen white eggs. Oh, from my mate Brian at uh, LT Farms. LT Farms, correct. It's my mate Brian Ahmed. Yeah, Hilmi Servi, the bloke uh, called. Yeah. And um, yeah, because white eggs. Do you know about white eggs? No, I don't. They they've tremendous white eggs. They're the only place in Victoria you can get them, and oh. we get a delivery every week. But we went through that many, so we make egg salad and. Tuna salad with egg, but we use you've got to get hard boiled eggs and mash them. And white eggs are much, much, much easier to peel than brown eggs. There you go. So, so they do dozens of just white eggs, which are thin shelled. You've got to be very careful when you handle them. But if you anybody ever has to um, boil a lot of eggs for, you know, for maybe a function or school fate or deviled eggs or whatever. Get white eggs because they're a pleasure to peel. Ah, there you go. Well, you're down my area of the uh, of the world. Down yeah. past, sounds, down past sounds the little, zoo. Yeah, yeah, down. yeah. Past the rhinoceri on the, my right hand side. Yep, and down past down just before the golf course and just before Shadow yep. Factory. <laughs> exactly right. Yep, it's a good, That's it's right. a lovely precinct there. The big equestrian centres on the right hand side. Yeah, the, yeah, the now, world famous equestrian centre. Now, did you get your wine, Brian? Because uh, Fine and I, when, well, the, no, when the waitress came case, in, Fine and I were we were ignored by the waitress. Well, you know, I. I thought you were whining, so I thought you didn't need one. Would you like but um, you let's mind? let's just let's just go through tonight's episode if, if we can. Now we've already established that Finey is a communist, and now we're finding out that he's a racist because don't get just got to get the white eggs. I don't know about that. I just think truth. You know, come on, we're bigger than that, aren't we? What is right when it comes to eggs? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness me. Very good. All right. Now we'll uh, we'll do the footy tips and then we'll get to the death allies and then we'll get to the chart. All right. Footy tips. Here we go. And as I mentioned, and I'll do it one more time, and this will be the last time I'll do it this program, the leaderboard as it sits is... In third place on 10.5 is Kevin. In second place on 16.5 is Finey. And in first place on 17.5 is Brian. Up is down. Up is down. Black is white. I'd just like to thank God. I'd like to thank uh, Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You'll be practising sologamy. Do you know what that is? 
No idea, Kev. It's when you marry yourself. It's a, it's a new craze sweeping the world, apparently, sologamy. Yeah. Really? Right. Yep. Jeez, haven't we got better things to do than think of shit like this? No, the leading Sydney radio and media personality, Erin Molan, I think her name is, she married herself the other day. Well, then she where, divorced where herself. I'm not sure. I know where she went. Right <laughs> up at Reg Grundy's. What, what did she do on the what did she do on the wedding night? Yeah. That's a quiet night at home, I'd imagine. Well, perhaps not a quiet night, but it's certainly a night at home. Uh, oh, for God's sake. How ridiculous is this world becoming? What did they I can serve? marry what, what? What did they serve at the reception? Finger food? <laughs> <laughs> and they had a couple of Western Port mussels there too. Oh, goodness. You may now kiss, you may now kiss the bride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's a beard and clam. Off you go. All right. Now, uh, uh, let's get okay. to the footy tips. Uh, here we go. So we've done the leaderboard and uh, now it's uh, swinging to a Brisbane and Collingwood. Thursday night at the Gabba, uh, and that's uh, seven thirty-five on Thursday. Ooh, gee, where's Brisbane and Collingwood? I'm I'll, I'll lead off and I'll go Collingwood, even though they haven't got a ruckman. Still think they're a better team than Brisbane. Brian, Joe Danaher was up to his usual standard. What he they could have won that game if that guy could kick straight. Um, what he missed four, you know, for God's sake. Nil four, that's terrible. So I'm much happier with uh, two metre Peter at the Bombers. But um, gee whiz, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Kev. Um, even though Collingwood don't have a ruckman, I think they're a pretty good team. And no, nah, Brisbane are shit. I think I think they're pretending. Um, so yeah, I'm with you, Collingwood. Finey, I'm going for Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Won't be surprised if they win, but I don't think they're very good. Friday, the Good Friday game uh, for the Royal Children's Hospital Appeal is North Melbourne and Carlton at Marvel Stadium at 20 past four. I'm afraid I don't think North Melbourne are up to this. I think Carlton will win this one, and I think they'll win it comfortably. Brian? I concur, Kevin. Uh, don't don't start tipping the same as me through this, so as you can stay seven in front of me. No, there'll be one that I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll flip around, but um, no, this one's simple for Carlton. The Carlton are a pretty good team. North Melbourne or Carlton? Carlton. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide play Frio at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon at one forty-five. Difficult one this. Frio got a win. Adelaide got a win as well. Uh, what do you think, Brian? I think the Crows at home, they're going to have the umpires and the crowd on their side, and I think they're both, from what I can see so far, they're both about at the same level. So I think the home crowd and the home umpires will bring them on. Yep, I think a little bit of uh, hometown uh, and the momentum they got out of the win over Port will get them home too. Yeah. So I'll go for the Crows. Finey? I'll go for Adelaide. Crows there as well. Uh, now Richmond play the Western Bulldogs at the MCG on Saturday afternoon at 4.35. The Doggies got their first win. I won't say by any means convincing. Uh, Richmond, eh, not not the side that uh, that you sort of romance about from a few years back. They're a few blokes down. Obviously, I'm going the Western Bulldogs. Mr Mannix. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to go for Richmond. Um, I think Richmond's probably going to go, hang on, we're not playing very well and they're going to fire up. Girls, girls, down a little bit, please, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, Richmond for me. Just this penthouse is killing me, tell you what, kid. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, finally, who do you like, Richmond? Or, all over the joint. Richmond or the Western Bulldogs? I'll go for the please. I'll go for uh, the Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. All right. St Kilda take on the Gold Coast of Met. Uh, no, sorry, Marvel Stadium uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Saints off the back of that uh, fabulous. Oh, good. Good to see who they put in the um, the Hall of Fame. They put in Del Santo and trying to think of the other one was. I don't know. Yeah, they put two of men. Oh, Montagna. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was good uh, that they did that. Now, can you win on Saturday night at Marvel Stadium? I think you can, so I'm going to pick St Kilda. Finey? No, I've got to go for the Gold Coast. Sons. Uh, the future mayor of the Gold Coast, any thoughts on whether you can win at Marvel Stadium or whether the Saints will win? I just was thinking about um, what Finey was saying earlier about, you know, what are Essendon famous for? And then I'm thinking, what's St Kilda famous for? Well, the photo of Nick Del Santo with his dick hanging out and Nick Rewald with his dick hanging out and the St Kilda school girl. I'm thinking, yeah, that's kind of up there with the uh, with the, uh, the the peptides. But um, no, nah, look, um, look, I think St Kilda will win this, but I'm a Gold Coast fan, so I'm going to go for the Gold Coast. That's like comparing Midnight Express with um, uh, uh, Debbie Does Dallas. Anyway. Well, it's a bit. Who no, are you I picking? Like the, You're picking St Kilda. At, I'm picking the Gold Coast. Oh, I think so, that St Kilda will win, but it's a bit like this, Kev. Hmm. I could go and play Brown Eyed Girl anywhere, and people are going to go, oh, yeah, I like Brown Eyed Girl. Well, f that. I'm not going to play Brown Eyed Girl. I'm going to play How You Like Me Now by The Heavy or something like that. I don't want to play what everybody else plays. So, therefore, definitely the Gold Coast Suns. They need all the help they can get. Okay. Uh, Sydney take on Port Adelaide. Uh, this one's a Saturday night game as well. At the SCG, Sydney got whopped last week, uh, Port Adelaide. They also missed out on the Chockeys. Finey, how do you get a form guide on this one? Oh, Sydney will win. Okay. Don't need a form guide. Sydney will win. Yep. Brian? Sydney. Sydney. I, too, am going for Sydney. Uh, Essendon play GWS Marvel Stadium Sunday afternoon, Easter Sunday at uh, 2.10. Mr. Fine. Interesting game, this one. Yeah. I keep tipping GWS and they keep losing. Yeah, I'll go GWS. GWS. Uh, Mr. Mannix, is it your beloved Bombers or are you going to use Finey's... Uh... I'll... Hey, gringo, I'll be going for my hombres, the Bombres. The Bombres, okay, the Bombers. Um, I'm going to go GWS. I'm going to stick the Bombres. With the... I was stiff not to win, the, not to get the chocolates with that game on the weekend. I don't, that free kick didn't help him. West Coast play Melbourne. Uh, this is at Optus Stadium in Perth on Sunday afternoon. I don't think it's going to help West Coast very much. To be honest, their injury toll has gone even worse. 
So I think Melbourne will win that one over there. O'Brien? I hate picking Melbourne, but, yeah, you're right. Finding? Melbourne. And the final game of the weekend is the traditional Easter Monday game between the winless reigning premiers and Hawthorne, who now have a win on the board. So it's uh, the Cats and the Hawks, MCG, Sunday afternoon at uh, at 3.20. I'm picking the Cats. They will have to win one eventually. I think this will be the first one. Brian? Yeah, I agree. The Cats will be feeling really shit-ass about themselves, and so they'll be probably more motivated than Hawthorne. will be like, hey, we got one. Yeah, we fucking kicked their ass. So for that stupid reason, I'm going to go for the Cats. Okay. Finally? Yeah, go along with win. Okay. So there's the footy tips, and as I mentioned, we have a new leader, top of the leaderboard, Mannix by one. Well, I don't think there's much variation between the three of us in this week's round. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. I've gone for St Kilda. You both have gone for the Suns. Uh, Brian, you've gone Richmond. We've gone uh, we when I mean the other two have gone for uh, Western Bulldogs. Uh, two for Collingwood, one for Brisbane, all Carlton, um, all Sydney. Uh, GWS and Bombers is split. Mel- all Melbourne and all Cats. So, no, there's a few. Well, okay. Well, you know. Kev, you're so far out of this competition that um, your tips don't even really matter anymore. It's Adam and Fanny who's going to win it. I waited. I waited. How long we do this? I waited five years to say this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! You're a pain in the ass, uh, Brian. Brian, you know what it's time for, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a weak heart or suffer from epilepsy, please turn off right now because it's time for the death Deathalyzer. Okay. Now, a few here. Um, let's start with the one that came through today. Pete Shelley, the man who had uh, that very big 1974 hit, G-Baby. He died today at the age of 80. Probably more famous in terms of musically for writing um, three of uh, Alvin Stardust's biggest hits. He wrote My Kukachu, Jealous Mind and You, You, You. So he passed away today at the age of 80. Keith Reed. It's a really funny story, Keith Reed. I, I, I didn't write down uh, how old he was. But Hilarious. He, uh, oh, this is so funny. <laughs> He's dead. Shut up, funny. <laughs> You're funny in the ass. Um, he, of course, was the lyricist of Procol Harum. So he wrote... You know, skip the light fandango, did cut all that. He wrote The Whiter Shade of Pale. He, he wrote Homburg. He took the most drugs. Well, he may have, but he never skip actually. The light fandango. He never actually. What's the next one? Uh, skip the light fandango, did cartwheels on the floor. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that sound like a drugged up party to you or what? Well, that's possible. He could very well have been, but he's uh, sitting there on acid in the corner, just writing down whatever pops into his head, and he's written one of the greatest songs of all time. So well done. And he also wrote "You're the Voice." He wrote the lyrics to "You're the Voice" with um, Chris Thompson, who who wrote the, oh. the music for that. Um, well, forgive him for that. But uh, of all these things, uh, you know, you talk about Procol Harum and you talk about uh, Conquistador and all those songs. He never actually played in the band. He was he was he was like a Bernie Taupin. He was their lyricist. He wasn't a member of the band, even though he was listed as a member of the band. He wasn't a member of the band, but uh, he passed away well, this week. He actually wrote some fantastic lyrics, and um, oh, I yeah, did. that's that's, no, that's quite sad. No, he did. He wrote some brilliant lyrics. Um, 
radio lost another uh, one of its uh, its great entertainers uh, this week. Doug Mulray passed away at the age of seventy one. Now, whether, oh. whether you like Doug or didn't like Doug on the radio, um, his his success and uh, what he achieved in his radio career uh, is is way 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 above what a hell of a lot of other people achieved in in their career. He was number one in Sydney and breakfast radio in Sydney for at least ten years. I would, uh, I would think um, he he did rule the airwaves of Sydney for a long time. Had a couple of very unsuccessful forays into oh, the television world. <laughs> the most famous TV show of all time. <laughs> yes, yes. When Kerry Packer was sitting at home and picked the phone up and rang the control room and said, "Get this shit off." Um, that was the funniest home video section with animals having sex with other animals. Yes, yes. yes. The monkey and that. the frog. But <laughs> <laughs> they didn't just, even get to the monkey and the frog. I think it was elephant. It was just, it was just um, great because the show was on. There was Doug with the expensive set with the crocodile in the tube <laughs> and went to an ad, came back from the ad, <laughs> <laughs> just to start a match. <laughs> yes, get that shit off. And uh, apparently he was in the studio and somewhat near the cameraman and produced said, We're off. And he said, Well, we're already, this is our last show. And he goes, No, <laughs> we're not doing the rest of the show. We're, it's done. <laughs> Kerry's, Kerry's rung up when Kerry rings up. God, those, those were the imagine, days. Seriously, imagine how you'd feel all built up for this show and not getting past the first ad break. Oh, yeah. You'd be devastated. Yeah, you would be. That was the days when radio station managers and television station managers did use to phone the station and say, get this off. Or, or yeah. if, if you're on air in a radio station, you'd get a phone call from the manager and it would be, that song, when it's finished, put it in its little jacket and put it underneath my door. And yep. you'd get there in the morning and the, the record would never appear again if you play some no, a Led Zeppelin song, whatever it was, whoever yep. it was, the boss would think, yep. no, not playing that again. So Doug uh, Doug passed away at the age of 71. Um, has been unwell for the last couple of years. But, uh, yeah, one of, one of the uh, – he, he should uh, – I think he was put in the Hall of Fame for radio uh, four or five years ago, and deservedly so. He was, he, was, he was a trailblazer of Australian radio, and particularly in the Sydney market. So – um, commiserations to his and condolences uh, to his family. Uh, and that is, Brian, that's it. No, it's not, Kev. It's not. Um, no, Japanese composer, and I don't know if I've got his first name right, I think it's Yuzi, Yuzi Sakamoto. Sakamoto, yes, he passed um, away. Yeah, he passed away and he was a great Japanese composer. He worked with David Sylvian? That... Um, Yes. Ah, yes. He did, he did the um, the soundtrack to Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Yeah. And I think he won an Academy Award for uh, The Last Emperor. Yeah. So, you know, like, you know, he's not very well known, but, um, you know, he did make a big contribution to the planet. So um, yep. let's include him as well. Yeah. Uh, there was one I didn't include. Okay. Uh, one I didn't – now, hang on, before you do that, one I didn't include. Uh, Finally, you might be more aware of this bloke's work than I, I certainly am. Paul O'Grady. Uh, passed away at the age of sixty-seven. Now, he was um, yeah English English comedian. I saw some clips on the weekend of him on Parkinson in drag. 
Um, so I don't know, uh, and I think he did, he might have been one of the panellists on Blankety Blanks in the UK version, uh, but not someone whose who's work I was aware of, to be honest. But there was a, a lot of uh, social media posts about his passing. Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I didn't know Paul O'Grady, but I am interested in the fact that you were watching clips of him on Parkinson in drag. Do you often watch YouTube clips <laughs> in women's clothing? <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Fine. Thanks for that. Oh, and the one I, I did. And, uh, and actually, and also, Kev, mm. I think there's an Australian Paul O'Grady that might be a singer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's not confuse everybody and, you know, have not kill another person. No, that's no, not, not the, dead. it's not the Australian Paul, o, Paul uh, O'Gorman oh. you're thinking of, aren't you? I, no, I, I can sort of vaguely remember Paul O'Grady on Mike Walsh's show or oh, okay. Ray Martin. Um, so, you know, just put okay. that 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 uh, limiter out there because um, we're talking, yeah, as you said, you were talking about the English guy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that's it, Brian. Close it up. All right. What? We'll do the. Oh, answer. yeah, right. Okay. Sorry. Oh, it's been in showbiz. Got... How long have you been in yeah. showbiz? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tonight's episode of The Deathalyzer. One job to do. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> All right, let's get to the chart. Now, it's not good. Nah. It's, it's December 17, 1989. As Brian lovingly said to me today, it, it, it's not the 90s, but you can see them coming. Nah, f- the chart. <laughs> Funny. What did you make of this one? Oh, terrible chappers. I was overseas at the time, backpacking around Europe and just living the life of great life. So it was a great time, but just a shit chart. It is a shit chart. What did yeah. you find? Any, any, you've got to do your, you've got to pick your best. There's, yeah. there's enough in there to work with. All right. So what have you got at number three on the podium? Okay, number three, bad. Then this was a band that I used to love because when they first came out, they were sort of a new wave alternative, an alternative band with a really interesting sound, and I, I love them. And then they became commercial, and then they became pathetic. Uh. I'm talking about the B-52s. I loved them when they first arrived. Planet Claire was a great song. Planet Claire's a good song, yeah. And Love Shack. Now, you know when you talk about songs that, the radio just killed. Correct. I mean, this song played played by every every not cover band, every hopeless wedding band. You know, like you know, <laughs> but, you know, the, 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 you know, just oh god, just and, so some hopeless band and can play the maracas. And and, and so some woman can stand in the middle of it, and when they stop playing and go tin roof. <laughs> to me, it was always an annoying song and overplayed, so annoyed me more than more than it should have. Yep, I'm with you. Now my number three, good. You probably won't. How did you find one? one? How did you find a number three, good for f- sake? Yeah, it was it was hard, but but maybe I was influenced by the the name of the artist. But right on time by Black Box. <laughs> oh, God. We're back to your sex room again, aren't we? 
Yeah, but I actually think Right on Time is not a bad song. Yeah, it's not a bad song. Yeah, it is. Not, got, got nice, got nice little feel about it. That song. Yeah. You heard, you heard what happened to her. Who? Oh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, go on, fighting. This is going to be great. I was, I was going to walk Black away box, from this. Black box can only lead one way. Yeah, go on, fighting. Do it. But it was famous what happened to her. <laughs> she was on a flight from <laughs> LA to LA, to <laughs> LA, I think it was to Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> and the pilot said, we've just lost. Two engines um, prepare for crash landing. And this bloke went running towards her and tried to dive into her muff. <laughs> and he got like he got he got he got his he got him, you know, only his shoulder stopped him. He dived in head first. Anyhow, the captain was able to recover the plane and they landed and they extracted him from her. <laughs> and they said, "What on earth? What? What were you doing?" And he said, "Well, the only thing that survives a, a plane crash is a black box. So I wanted to get inside it." <laughs> I will tell you something interesting about the black box on an aeroplane. Do you know what colour the black box on an aeroplane is? Silver, orange, orange, like Donald because it, it is the so they can find it in a plane crash. And do you know where it was invented, the black box? Australia. Correct. Mm. There you go. I love my black boxes, Fanny. I'm all over it. Great Australian <laughs> logic of uh, of inventing something called the black box and making it orange. Jesus and and the other and the other thing is what people always say: Why don't they make the whole plane out of it? Very good point. I would have thought a, a logical <laughs> uh, explanation. Maybe the black maybe it doesn't fly well on its own. MA four seven three might have been found if they was all orange. Correct. Right, Brian. While you're there, uh, give us your number three, good and bad. Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to agree with Finey. I, I missed. Um, what is it? Right on time. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool song. You know, if I'm at a nightclub and you know, bit shit faced, that's that works pretty well for me. Um, now, Kev, I'm going to be lazy with the rest of this because this chart is so. Freaking terrible! Mm. I'm just going to call numbers at random, right, well, and I'm going to tell you why they're shit. I need to get my uh, my my bigger version of the chart out so as I can read yeah. it properly. Right, right. The bigger font. Right, right. throw a number out here. You're probably no, and you're are you font? Are you fonted up? I'm fonted. All right. Oh, let's have a look at thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. The thirty-eight special. Oh no, that's an Australian song. I don't reckon you should actually. Give oh, this... make it 37, Kev. 37. Uh, oh, yeah, 37's a shit song. Uh, it's called Your History by Shakespeare's Sister. Oh, Shakespeare's Sister. One of them was in Banana Rama, wasn't she? Yeah, the two, and, it's um, the two girls. And, she, yeah. and they were married to Dave Stewart. They had that really good song about death. And, and unfortunately, this song was also about death because they died. That's why it's number 37. So... Sorry, Shakespeare's sister, and uh, go root yourself. Okay, your history, yes, which is the not 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 that you, your history because you're gone, you're finished, you're over. It's all it's all done and dusted. Well, you know, it's just a silk up, isn't it? My number three bad. Uh, oh God, 
<laughs> it's just a matter of which order you want to put these in. But I'll go with this one at number three because it is pretty bad. Um, the Beach Boys. This this was a song that was in Lethal Weapon 3, apparently. It's called Still Cruisin'. Uh, on the back of Kokomo, the Beach Boys did an album and the object of the album was to do songs that had been in movies and do cover versions of songs that had been in movies. So this had been this, this song... Uh, was a, was in a movie. It was in Lethal Weapon Three. It was written by uh, the producer Terry Melcher and uh, and Mike Love. So they did it. It sounds like the worst Beach Boys cover band you could possibly ever think of. How they how bad they would sound. How they think a Beach Boys song should sound. Uh, the lyrics they think a Beach Boys song should have in it. And it's like you went to someone went to IKEA and put it together. And they put it out and called it the Beach Boys. Still cruising is just uh, Brian Wilson had I don't think anything to do with the song. He had a song on the album, um, which was a co-written credit went to his doctor. Um, but still cruising, just an awful, awful song and a great slight on what a fabulous band the Beach Boys were at their absolute prime with Brian Wilson writing some. You know, just bloody sensational songs that will stand the test of time. This thing couldn't stand the test of you know, two and a half seconds, to be quite honest. It's just awful. And they should have used it in Lethal Weapon to kill people because it, it, it could easily have done that. So that's my number three in the bad. My number three in the good. Strong words from the super coach. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, so, so let me just pa- par- paraphrase, review. Mm-hmm. You don't like it? Mm. Yeah, I don't. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, and number three in the good, I do like this one, and I think I actually uh, I, I've probably grown to like it more. At the time, I don't think I liked it that much because um, it, it's not that memorable for me. But now when I hear it, I go, oh, I like that song. And that's Deborah Harry's uh, I Want That Man, which was written by uh, Alana and Tom from the, um, the Thompson Twins. And the more I hear it now, the more I actually like it. Yet I don't think I liked it that much at the time. It makes my number three good. I hear that song. Hmm. I don't know. I walk into a joint, uh, Central or Hollywood Starlets or Players or wherever I go. The usual haunts. As soon as I walk in, that song seems to come on. I think it's probably just a coincidence, but, you know, hey, maybe it's not. Mm, Yeah, okay. Uh, Finally, what's number two? (laughs) What's number two for you? Okay, number two, bad. Look, this is like low hanging fruit, and I feel bad because it's so easy just to look down a chart, look at the artist's name, see this name, and just whack it in your bad. Yep. And I, and I listened to it. And I thought at the start it's not that bad, and then it just seemed to be played on some a loop for about a minute. I thought, all right, get into the song, you lazy. And then, and then the chorus came up, and I thought, "Who wrote this? So, somebody who'd recently been in a coma, a, a five-year-old, <laughs> a, a, a new Australian with no grasp of English." Um, so obviously, it's Craig McLaughlin and check one two. <laughs> Uh, I was hoping. I was so hoping that's where you were going there. I mean, it is low hanging fruit, but when you when you when your chorus is 
rock the rock, roll the roll, beat the beat. <laughs> you know, I mean, get out of first gear, you lazy prick. Yeah, I'm with you. I watched it today too. The film clip has got him with the ripped jeans. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is this film clip, was this film clip by the Australian Ripper Gene Association. Yes. Yes. That's all you get uh, pictures of is his these ripped jeans and his bum and uh and he's uh, and and him pretending to do a guitar not pretending, but him doing a guitar solo, which is you know who co wrote the song? Garth Porter. Yeah, he did. That's correct, Mr. Mannix. And he produced it. That's correct, Mr. Mannix. Look, I I can't, I can't believe you two blokes. You know, he's a bloke who's been just absolutely savage, nearly as much as Donald Trump, for some trumped-up charges. And, you know, he did his best. It's that good. But here we are hanging shit on him. I just think that, you know, I don't want the guy to top himself because, you know, even we're bagging his song. He's a great bloke. He's a really nice fella and a terrific actor. And you guys just want to just... You want to trump him? Oh, well, crazy. You know, uh, if you put if you if you walk the walk and you talk the talk, and you rock the rock, well, then you've got to cop the shit. That's what I say. And uh, he's he's my number two as well in the bad pile. Now, what's your number two in the good pile, Mister Farn? All right, so I listened to this song and I thought I like the beginning because it sounds like Ramstein, who I love. Then I listen to the rest of it. It's not perfect, but in a shit chart, it's. Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, produced by Bob Rock. And hardest album they ever had to make because um, he just wouldn't let them be imperfect. So they're we're playing this riff for days till we got it right. And then Metallica, when they did their air album with the uh, Enter Night and all that stuff, they reluctant because they hated Motley Crue. They reluctantly said, oh, shit, Bob Rocks, he's the best producer with this kind of music. And and one of the things he did with Metallica was that he said, I don't know what the, is this, a guitarist named Kurt or whoever it is, and he said, look, you know, how many albums can you make? We're just trying to go faster and faster and faster with your guitar playing. And he and, you know, they reluctantly got Bob Rock because of what he did with Motley Crue. So a little bit of seriousness there. Just, there uh, I'm sorry about that. Your musical knowledge uh, falling out of mm. you there, Mr Mannix. Uh, all right, well, uh, now we move to you with your number two, Good and Bad. Uh, um, well, number two, Bad. Let's just spin the wheel, Kev. They're, they're all shit. Uh, let's try 18. Number 18. Um Baby, Don't Forget My Number by Millie Vanilli, one of the two Millie Vanilli songs in this chart. Well, I'm sorry that I picked 18 because this is a great vocal duo who uh, <laughs> he conquered the charts and won a Grammy. And um, and what's, what's really great about them is that they never actually sang a note. Um, produced by the same guy that did Boney M. Yeah. And um, apparently in Boney M, only one person can sing in that band. So, you know, there's a bit of form here. But, you know, I think well-picked, well-picked, right? No, no. The producer, he's got one singer and pretending there's four in Boney M, and then he's got 
nothing is in, in Milli Vanilli. So, you know, even at a random spin of the wheel, I think that's a great choice, Brizey. Well done. Yes, so now, a Milli Vanilli doubled. You can throw the other one in there too. What's your good one? Um, well, it's our mate, Kev, um, and he's got two in this in this uh, chart. But um, I think I'm going to go for Poison by Alice Cooper as number okay. two. All right. Not not his best work, but it's, it's it stands out in this chart. Yeah, well, in a shit chart, yeah, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> My number two bad is Rock the Rock, Craig McLaughlin. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to apologise for that because it is just a bloody awful song. My number two good one, Brian, you're not going to like this at all, and I don't give a rats because <laughs> – because I, uh, I I I do like this song. I liked this song when it came out. Um, I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling it's going to be Phil Collins. <laughs> oh, good no, no, Turn it up. No, turn turn it up, Finey. Somebody has to pick Phil Collins. No, it won't be me picking Phil Collins. Uh, Another day in paradise. I don't think so. I'll uh, pick a fight with Bill, Phil Collins. He was I did, I did. He did rock sap with us, and he was bloody brilliant. He was terrific. He was a really good guest. I must admit, I, I really enjoyed uh, uh, talking to Phil Collins. I like there, there are things that Phil Collins has done that I like a lot. Things that Phil yeah, Collins. Yeah, has, you know what I like the best thing that he's done? <laughs> there we go. Retiring. Not producing records about twenty years ago. <laughs> Apparently uh, he's a very charming man. No, he's a he was a ripping bloke, to be honest. A really, really good interview subject. He he, he spoke really well. He was terrific with the callers. He was no, he was really, really good. I thoroughly me, enjoyed him. To me, he's just the antithesis of what a rock star should look like. He looked like <laughs> a rock star's dad. Oh, uh, yes, he did. Yeah, mate. Put yeah. a leather jacket on, lose some weight. You know, if your hair's no good, then and shave it, put some sunglasses on, do something, and don't ever use a word called susu studio. Just take five minutes and think of a proper word, you kid. Thank you, Brian. I, I mean, was that- actually going to not talk about Phil Collins because he's not my number two good. But thanks for. I'm sorry. But thanks I'm for sorry, introducing I'm- that into the subject. Fine. Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> Look at Finey sits back. Finey rolls the hand grenade in the middle of the room and then just watches the fireworks go boom, 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 it's- boom, boom. It's a special oh, skill, geez. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> well done, Finey. It's a special skill. This no. is why the states beat the bombers. Yes. No, my number two good is uh, the song that's number. 24 on this chart. It's When the River Runs Dry by Hunters and Collectors. Hello, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you don't like, uh, you know, Happy Guts. Chuckles. Chuckles. <laughs> happy Guts. Oh. I, know, I know you're not Happy Guts' as biggest fan. Apparently, apparently people that he'll allow to talk to him um, <laughs> think that he's quite humorous, but... Um, I've never been allowed into that outer circle of his life. So, um, so you know. But, yeah, yeah, it's not a bad song, Ken. It's a good uh, – I think it's a really good song. It's a really good song. And, again, I, we had him on Roxette uh, when the, that was a big song and he was he was terrific on Roxette, so I can't, I can't knock him for that. All right, Mr. Fine, let's have a look at your list so far. We have Love Shack by the B-52s and Craig McLaughlin's uh, – Rock the Rocket number two in the bad side. On the good side, uh, Right on Time by Black Box and Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue. So what's number one? 
number one in the bad pile. I mean, obviously this 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 genre started around this time, and there's a cancer on music. It's a blight on humanity, and if there is intelligent life <laughs> beyond Earth, and it would be you'd be a fool onto yourself and others to think in the giant immeasurable space that is universe with so many trillions of galaxies and whatever that we're the only life if there is other intelligent life sentient life in the universe and they ever caught wind of this band <laughs> we could not we could not be upset if we got blown to smithereens <laughs> and you speak of new kids on the block <laughs> i mean I'm that sure old that whole concept of putting together, you know, five aging 14-year-olds because by the time, you know, they're supposed to be, they're supposed to appeal to 14-year-olds and they're supposed to be somewhere between 15 and 18 for the next 15 years, which is weird. Yes. They had, they had pubes by the time they did their second album. And then... <laughs> They sing this song, which reminds me a lot of of We Are The World or, or Save, you know, one of those. Except they're not raising money for starving children. They're raising money for themselves. It's quite obscene. This one's for so the children. One, this one's for the children. No, it's not. It's for you, you pack of talent. <laughs> yeah. I think Rolf Harris did a cover of that, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Very nice, yeah. Mr. Fine. Very nice indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, the children, the children. Yeah, no worries. Exploitation with a capital exploitation. All right, so that's my number one bad. Yep. My number one good, again, is the start. This this marks the start of an era of music, but for me an era of great music, though not commercially obvious music, which is dance music, and... It really has not that not that you'd play it in a nightclub anymore, but you might sample it, which is sort of the ultimate compliment for a, a dance track. So it's Pump Up the Jam by Tektronic. Ah, okay. Which I think still holds value and is historically important, I guess. Can I ask you about a song that I I was totally and utterly unaware of? A French Kiss. Can you tell me anything about that one as a dance song, Finey, or is that one that you... Oh. No, well, no. is it out there? When's it from? Uh, it's in this chart. Oh, yeah, no. I don't know it. Yeah, I didn't know it either. I've never heard of Little Lewis or whatever it was who did it, and I just wondered. Uh, but pump up the jam, yes, still relevant, still good, and would be sampled. Yeah. Would be sampled. All right, Brian, number one for you. Oh, sorry. Um Sorry, I was distracted for a moment. Um, what do you mean you a know, moment? It's 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 almost like the the you know the Playboy mansion here. It's just chicks walking around well, or left, right, and centre with, with dwarfs with trays of cocaine, and you know it's just going berserk. All right, tell, number the, tell one. the truth, hey Brian. Tell the truth. <laughs> you just walk well, past a mirror. You just walk past a mirror. And for a moment gonna... you thought, and for a moment you thought, how did that vagrant get into my place? I gave myself such a fright. 
Security. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, Kev. Yeah. Have we had a look at number 26? Well, we can now, and we can. Uh, oh, I had a listen to this this afternoon, and um, oh, yeah, it's not good. She has the number one song on this chart, but she also has a second entry. Uh, mm. I mean, in the nicest possible way. At number- second entry. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back <laughs> up, number- back up. And- oh, I guess, I guess that's the whole point backing up. At uh, number she's got the 20. Entry, she's backing up. Oh, and- I knew this was a good one. At number 26 is Just Like Jesse James by Cher. Yeah. Not a very good song. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, you know, no amount of just gaffer being your outfit is going to save this one, Cher. No. And, you know, you're, I don't know, I look, I just, I'm just, it's beyond words for me, Kevin, Fanny. I'm, I'm sorry, but just, I. this is a stinker. Let's move on. Yep. My best, my best mm-hmm. is um, it's it's her old mate again, Kev. It's Alice Cooper again with Bed of Nails. I reckon that's a pretty good song. Yeah, not a bad song. Yeah, I don't mind that one. Yeah, it's not his best, but in this chart it stands out. Yep. Um, my number one bad, I uh, all the things that you said about um, New Kids on the Block, I think uh, also – People who sit in studios and create um, uh, sort of almost like a, 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 a time capsule of music and uh, and then put it out and we had Stars on 45 in the 70s and they had all those songs and then this Jive Bunny and the Master Mixes or whatever they're called um, took all the swing music and turned that into the Swings of Mood and all that. I hate those things. I really, really hate those Little compilation kind of, uh, they're like it's like sampling, but it's just really badly done. Um, and they their, their choice of songs for both those two songs are in the top ten. Left a lot to be yeah. desired, to be perfect honest. There's some real very dodgy, very very dodgy stuff in there. Not not Dion's best, not Chubby Checker's best, not uh, you know, not not good. So Jive Bunny, uh, the the two Jive Bunnies get. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I know you're avoiding this on purpose. What? Because you don't trust the third member of this team. Stop referring to them them as Jive Bunny and call them by their correct name. What's that? What's the full name of the band? Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. Check out my T-shirt. I thought they were the... I thought they were the masturbators. Yeah, I was calling them the masturbators earlier. (laughs) Yes, I was. And uh, Brian's wearing a Jive Turkey T-shirt. Yeah, well, there you go. Is that a drink? <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I was, I was, I don't know, I was probably drunk one night on the internet and I thought, yo, I'm jive turkey. I was thinking about flying high with this. Oh, <laughs> nominal jive turkey. So I, I decided I'd get a t shirt made and said jive turkey. So oh, you I had that one around. made. Okay. All right. There you go. Well, it's probably quite appropriate, especially after listening to this episode of Rock and Roll. Now, Rock I, and Roll. My number one good. I'm going. Uh, I'm going local, but I'm. Uh, I, well, it's not a song as such. It was a parody, but it was a parody of uh, Jimmy Barnes, John Farnham, Kylie Minogue. Um, who else was in it? Uh, that oh, I think LRB and um, uh, who else? Kylie. Oh, James Rain, of course. It was five in a row from the D generation who I started work with about 
three weeks after this chart came out in the early part of 1990, I started working with them. And they put the song out just before I started working with them. And it was very funny. Rob Sitch did an hysterically uh, funny impersonation of a uh, FM radio uh, disc jockey um, saying all sorts of stupid and ridiculous things that a lot of FM radio disc jockeys did. Um, and people who played on the radio did equally stupid things as well. Uh, didn't you, Brian? Brian's just taking a <laughs> Brian's taking finding a knife for a tour on his house around all the uh, the Audrey Hepburn painting and the Beatles and his, uh, his uh, what's that new Doctor Who thing there? And this is where I'll have the six foot, five foot, four foot, you know, like it's a mud shot when you walk out and you look in the mirror. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, well. You'll only get up to the four well, foot. When it, gets to, when it gets to three foot, they can take your height. <laughs> yeah, you have to be there's – there's a special little thing. It's like when you go to a, a, a park in America, it says – it's thing that says you have to be this high to ride Brian. So <laughs> it's a special little thing. So the five in a row by the DJ is my number one. So that's uh, that's that's our chart. I'll put that chart up on, uh, on the, our social media platform so you can have a look at just what an absolute – Piece of crap! It really is. Uh, and you should just burn that chart. Really. Very little, very little gems in between the uh, uh, the muck that was uh, for the most part in there. That's it, boys. We're done, dusted. Um, Brian, revel in the fact that you're leading the footy tipping until at least maybe Thursday night at about midnight. Um, yeah, but by then you might oh. be, you might be, you know. Behind again. Just, a, just an Aussie battler having a crap, Kev. Have a lovely Easter weekend, boys. Finally, don't work too hard. I know it's a really busy time for you and that, so uh, just take care and look after yourselves. Thank, thank you, Kev. Thank you for the kind wishes. Happy and, Easter uh, to you and your family, and happy Passover to you, uh, Finey. Thank you. Lenny's Fine Foods know. in North Caulfield. That's where you go, but uh, leave him alone this week because he's busy. <laughs> go, and see him after, go and see him after Easter. And, and no bread with – it's got to be the flat bread. Okay, yeah, this that's week. right. Yes, well done. Well remembered. Very good. It's a special. No, no, I thought that was very interesting. So, you know, I like to learn. Talk to you next may week, all, boys. May all, your, may all your eggs be white. <laughs> <laughs> ah, beautiful. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.